guys, and welcome back to a Dose of Magic podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brett. And we are back for another episode. This one will be full of discussion all about the Universal experience compared to the Disney experience. Yeah. And City Walk versus Disney Springs. Yeah, so Ryan recently just went down to Florida with a bunch of friends, and during that time they were able to experience both City Walk and both Disney Springs, um, and he also did a little bit of Universal. So I wasn't there, which is why nothing was posted on our Instagram. Correct, correct. Um, it just didn't feel right posting on the page without Brett being there, and I wasn't even inside of a Disney park, which killed me, so I didn't feel that it was right to post anything about that, but... I'm back and ready to chat about it and talk about some of the experiences that I was able to have, and uh, we figured it would be an, a good episode just to compare and contrast. Yeah, so he's going to talk a lot about his experience. I'm going to kind of probe some questions and let him answer, um, but for the most part, he's going to start with just his overall or understanding, I guess, of yep. the processes. So I will start by saying I am incredibly biased for Disney compared to Universal. I, I think the two park experiences are totally different, and I can see how people enjoy Universal, but me personally, I struggle with it after knowing and experiencing Disney so frequently, so often. To me, they're just like two different leagues, Yeah. but they're so close in proximity that, that I can see how people even get them confused. They think some of the so they think Universal is part of Disney. Yes. So that's a huge misconception, so gonna squash that right away. <laughs> But the first thing that really jumped out to me while experiencing Universal was their FastPass system. Mm -hmm. So, Brett, let's talk about that. They don't have a free FastPass system. You need to pay extra to get into what's called their Express Lanes. And that is unlimited, so you can ride as many rides as you want. Using the Express Lane, mm -hmm. you just have to pay uh, over 100 bucks on was, top of what your ticket. That's the price of it. Yeah, the prices, I think... I think it was like $112 added on top of your ticket price, which if you get a park hopper ticket to get you into both Universal theme parks right there, I think those tickets are like 188 So you're getting 188 plus the 112 You know, it adds up. Yeah, and for it's sure. It's quite expensive just to get on FastPass for some rides. Right. Um, so that, to me, was the first kind of shock. I, I was surprised. Our wait times for standby were no longer than 60 minutes. It's we went during terrible. the week. We went during the week on a Tuesday. And then the, there was a fast pass or the, yeah, the express line. So that to me was just different. The fact that people are paying on top of their regular yeah. ticket for that. Is that something that you would want to do at Disney? If um, they were to implement that, would you pay? Like pay for fast pass? I don't yeah. think so. I think... Well, I'm not gonna ask a further question. In yeah. the standby lines, like, was the queues like good? Were they like immersive as Disney? Like, is there enough to look at? Because for me, like, I don't mind standing standby. Mm -hmm. To me, I think there's enough to look at in queues. There's enough games that we play. Like, to me, standby doesn't really like bother me. So, yeah. personally, I would never pay for fast passes just because like I don't mind standing. Mm -hmm. But if you come into Disney and you think you have so much to do, then paying might be something people would do. Yeah. But personally, I I wouldn't. But so like, are the queues like? equal to what Disney produces? For the newer rides, from the, the rides over the last, that were made over the last 
four or five years maybe yes they've definitely stepped yeah. up their game so one for example is the king kong ride mm -hmm. um that they redid that theme in that queue is really really cool you go through this cave and there's this animatronic woman talking to you wow. and, and it is very immersive so that is a cool one but other weight and standby lines really are not that impressive yeah. um so no you're not like it's not adding to the experience yeah. where sometimes Disney cues really is like a, a pre-show or yeah. really adds to the experience. Exactly. So no, I, I would say that Universal is not quite like that, but they do have a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, so th that's interesting. Yeah. But so for me, I, I would not pay. Yeah. Um, but I, I wonder like what, why that's like a business decision to mm -hmm. do. Cause like personally, like, if it's going to cost you an extra $112, like, why not just up all your tickets $80 and, like, pay yeah. for everyone to have a Fast Pass like Disney does? Like, I'm sure Disney, technically, you're paying for your Fast Passes. Right. If it's you think about it. Yeah, it's just in your ticket price or in your overall cost. So, like, I wonder, like, what's the business strategy there to be, like, you can either stand by or you can pay extra. I mean, I don't really know. Yeah. Because at this point, people are already spending hundreds or thousands of dollars for a trip, adding another $80 on top for the Fast Passes, like... It's a no-brainer, I think. Yeah. Or, like, so people are so, like, blind to cost sometimes. So, like, for me, I don't understand that business standpoint and that business strategy, but I'm also not a business <laughs> major, and I don't understand much, so. I think, I think there is a market of people who would go to Disney and would pay. Yeah. Well, it's, like, paying for, like, that, like, the VIP experience yeah. at Disney. Exactly. So, so even so if sense. they kept, like, the three free for the everybody, and then they had this, like, premium Disney experience day where you could pay, you know, 150 a person to get for, like as many fast passes as you want. Yeah. I think a lot of people would actually pay into that. And I would almost be curious if that would be better for, for them than just upping the current price. Yeah. Because my friends and I, we looked into doing Disney for one day, a, a, a park hopper so we could get two parks in. Mm-hmm. And it was over $200 for a one-day park hopper Wow, per person. And to us, that was, that was kind of expensive. Yeah. And but that's the same price of Universal plus the Fast Pass. Right. So technically, it's equivalent costs. Yes. Right? The only difference is with Universal. Universal, it only cost you $118 because you did not do that Fast Pass. Right. Got it. With the Universal experience, though you could fast pass every single ride where in Disney you can only fast pass those I first understand. three. Um, so it would be interesting if Disney kind of looks at that now and goes, well, let's keep the ticket prices the same because we don't want to turn people off. We want more people yeah. to come. But we'll have this premium option where if you wanted to pay more, you could have a better park experience. So I don't mind it, actually. To, uh, I don't mind the consider. thought of it. I, I don't mind the thought of it if it's an add-on. Don't yes. make it the only option. Correct. Keep the standard three fast passes per person per day. Right. But if it's an add-on and it brings Disney more money, then that is fine. So I'm cool with that. So that's yeah. an interesting topic. For sure. Another thing that Universal has is their City Walk area, which is their comparison to Disney Springs, basically. And this is as you're coming through the parking lot, you approach the City Walk area, and it's all the right. restaurants and stores and their own strip of what is our Disney Springs. Yes. Not nearly the same size, and not nearly the same level of uh, 
I like the environmental yeah. finish. Like it's not as high end. It's not as nice looking. It just kind of looks like a cluster of fitting as many restaurants and stores in one spot as you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And so I don't like the aesthetic of it. We had dinner at Vivo, which is an Italian restaurant. That was pretty tasty. We really enjoyed it. But it's just the overall aesthetic. There's no like overall theming to it. It doesn't make sense. And it just is kind of like a cluster, like I said, of like, yeah. whoever needed to rent the space could rent the space. Yeah. Or so Disney you, Springs has like a, a look to it. Right. You know? So you have to walk past City Walk to get into Universal. Correct. Do you like that? I do. I think it's a good idea from the standpoint of people are either coming hungry or leaving hungry. Um, and then there's shops along the way that people can stop in and out. So right. your traffic has to go by those stores. That's a good idea Yeah. from a business standpoint because then people are going to spend money. Right. So I like it and I'm fine with it because it's, it's you know, kind of free to get through. Yeah. Um, but then you can branch off and you can go to the right towards Universal Orlando or you could go to Islands of Adventure on the left. Gotcha. Um, I will say Universal, I will praise them in the Harry Potter aspect. It, yes. That land and that addition that they keep adding on to, they have nailed it, knocked it out of the park. It looks Disney level good. It, the, the scenery, the environments, the yeah. theming, and the rides are really fun. So they, we were able to get on Hagrid's Express, which is a motorcycle roller coaster. So yes. it's almost like the Tron ride coming mm -hmm. up where you're sitting on and you're gripping a motorcycle by the handles. Yeah. And then it shoots you off and it's fast. So that was a really fun one. And then, of course, the, inside the Hogwarts Castle is really cool. And that queue is awesome. Walking by the picture frames and the people moving and the animatronics talking to you. Yeah. So yeah. I will I will praise them on the Harry Potter end. Uh, King Kong I enjoy as well. But other than those few things, I'm not that impressed with Universal really ever. It seems like every single ride is the exact same. Really? It's in front of a screen. It's a simulator. And you could literally convince me that it's the same motion of the car that you're <laughs> sitting in, and they just change what's on the screen because Spider-Man is that way, Transformers is that way, Jimmy Fallon is that way, Harry Potter is that way. Literally everything we went on yeah. was the exact same. Yeah. So that is a, a gripe of mine that it's every ride is the same. Yeah. And but, now, sorry, this question yeah, is going to be sorry. very like went in depth there. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, this question is going to be like. I don't know. I guess kind of picky of me to ask, and I know it's like a very weird question, but what's the comparison to animatronics? I know Disney has their like amazing lifelike, like the Navi um, avatar. Yeah. You have um, all the ones in Star Wars. You have, like they look like human actors mm -hmm. at this point. How is Universal's in comparison to those? Universal barely uses animatronics. Wow. They use screens and projectors, and that is their. Way. type of immersion um the animatronics that i remember seeing are on the hagrid's express mm -hmm. motorcycle thing as you're going around on the motorcycle you come across to a few things like a three-headed dog and um, hagrid himself was there and it's just it's a quick glimpse so like the level of detail Motion. is really not even worth them investing in because you're flying by it anyway. Yeah. Uh, another one that is in the Harry Potter ride. So as you're swinging around on your device, 
uh, in your cart, you come across like spiders and yeah. uh, the dementors and things like that. And they just like are on a mechanical arm that goes like, <laughs> and like jumps out at you and then <laughs> and crunches right back yeah. into spot. I mean, it's not like Harry Potter himself is moving or, or talking or walking. Everything is on a screen. So Universal, their crutch is screens where Disney's crutch is yeah. animatronics. Yeah, because I was gonna say like that's a huge part of immersion. Like the um, Hondo Naku and Smuggler's Run, like when they're yeah. speaking down to you like from the top of the like balcony, like you really feel like someone is like yelling at you and like exactly pre like pre I was gonna say like pre showing, but I don't know if that's the right word, but like yeah. setting up your adventure. And I feel like they do that in a lot of their rides. A ton of their rides. You think of pirates, you think of mine train going through the cave there with yeah. all the, the seven dwarves. They I mean you think of uh Splash Mountain yeah. and Big Thunder Mountain and And like Disney literally does every ride that they have has some sort of like animatronic it seems. Even Toy Story um, Mania, and the Slinky Coaster has the talking uh, Wheezy, Wheezy at the end. Yeah, and so and like they don't get us wrong. Like Disney has projections. Yeah, they use their screens, but they use them well. Like they like, but at least you're like moving with them. Like mm-hmm. the whole like Mickey Runaway Railroad. Like that's almost entirely like projection screens. Yes, but at least you're like moving through it. And you're not just like stationary. Correct. Because then we get back to the whole store and PowerPoint conversation. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's a great point. Disney does use their screens, but they use it, it feels like when it's necessary. Yeah. If they can build an animatronic, they're going like to. the the Navi River Shaman, they're going to build it, and it's yeah. going to be awesome. And like... And Universal just feels like they, they're like, it, it's cheaper if we just put it on a video on a screen, yeah. you know, and, and we'll do that. And we have the equipment to do that, so let's do that. Let's not push the, the boundaries. Yeah. The another animatronic Universal is King Kong. So at mm. the end, the whole ride is, which I like this ride, so I don't want to say I'm, I'm dissing it. The whole ride is a screen. You're going through a uh, on a safari car, mm-hmm. and then King Kong and dinosaurs are fighting over your car. And like, as they're like fighting, they're bumping into your car, and your whole car shakes, and and you get like wrecked by them. But at the very end, you see and you're face to face with a huge head of Kong, and that is cool because they put the effort into the detail, right. into the breathing, into the eyes looking around, and the the grunting, and it, and it looks kind of real. It looks kind of cool. Yeah. So when they put their effort into it, it's amazing, but it feels like they just fall back on what they know and what they do best, which is, I guess, the screening and the simulations. Yeah. And to me, it's just a, it's just not as immersive, yeah. and it's not fun yeah and then another question i know you have a few other topics you want to get talk about that's okay but do you have more of a sense of like satisfaction or completion being that epcot i mean sorry universal is only two parks technically like, do you think like when you go there for a day like yes we've done everything and like i can walk home saying like that was a good day where at disney you technically have four parks so like you feel like maybe you didn't get to see everything and you've had that feeling of like was it worth our money yeah do you have like that feeling at Universal? Great question. Universal can be f- done through and through in two days, excluding their water park. Yes. So Volcano talking Bay. about just the theme park, you can do both parks in a day, which is what we did, or you could really take your time and do one park per day. Yeah. And it's really doable. 
It really is. So it's not huge in the sense where, um, I guess like I would consider Hollywood Studios to be huge. Like end to end, it, it takes a, a lot yeah. to walk from Rock and Roller Coaster all the way through, you know, Smuggler's Run. Yeah. And, and then back around. So Universal to me is not like a huge park. It's really just in a circle. Mm-hmm. And satisfaction yes because you can finish everything you want in a day so yes it is it was satisfying leaving knowing that we got on pretty much everything we wanted to get yeah. on um with that said it is cool to use the harry potter train the express hogwarts train that jumps from park to park because they have like a little show in there where the, your train door closes and then all of a sudden you see people, wizards walking around in the hallway next to you. That's cool. And then you see out your window. It's like a magical thing. And it's, it's a video, but it looks pretty oh, realistic. It looks kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. It's another screen. It's another screen. <laughs> but no, this that is actually a really cool experience. Like that's like a good use of it. Like Correct. We said, like... It's a really well done use of using the window to make it look like you're looking out into a deep like yeah. uh, field. And then next to you... It looks like people are walking next to you, and you see frogs jumping on the the door. Yeah, and it's a really cool experience. Good. So they nailed the Harry Potter aspect, all through and through. Everything else just feels dated and almost like lazy. Mm-hmm. But that's just because all I know is Disney, and Disney is nearly the best of the best when it comes to immersion and theming and technology right. and and wanting that guest experience to be amazing. And so it's it's an unfair advantage to put the two together, but ultimately they it's like Coke and Pepsi. They this have this rivalry whether they want it or not. Right. And I have a lot of friends who are like, why can't you enjoy both? And I can, but one is objectively better. And yeah. I, and it's just we have been fortunate enough to experience both. Yeah. So Pretty good. That is just what I wanted to share about the comparing and contrasting. And it's really ended up, I felt like me just bashing Universal, which is not really my point. My point is that Disney, it made me appreciate Disney because of the level of care care and thought and immersion and pushing the boundaries on that they do on their yeah. rides that they have been doing on their rides. And uh, where it felt like every single ride in Universal was the same, nothing was new, nothing was pushing the the cutting edge of technology yeah. where Disney tries to do something cool right. each time. And now just, just one more question. Yeah. Um, how are characters presence, characters, character meet and greets where they just walk around? I know right now Disney's doing cavalcades. Did you see any of that? Uh, Was any of that happening? I did not see any characters. Now that I'm thinking about it, they have this current Mardi Gras thing going on. So I saw, Mardi Gras people walking around on like stilts yeah. and people would like come down the street with like a trumpet and they had like a little <laughs> mini show going on there. Yeah. But I saw absolutely no characters except for Bumblebee, the Transformer. the Transformer. He was outside of the Transformers thing doing a meet and greet, which is cool. That's something too. I can't tell if that's a, a, a real robot or if that's somebody controlling it off to the side yeah or someone's in there someone's in there I, I can't tell they do a really good job with that but everything else no real known characters just mardi gras people on stilts throwing beads yeah. at you so that was the only 
cavalcade experience. Yeah. Do you have anything else to kind of discuss? Because not, not really about Universal. We can I just switch have, over to Disney Springs. Yeah, yeah. Was one more, and I just want. Sure. I'm, this is more just for like knowledge of of everyone listening. Yeah. How was your COVID safety? Did you feel like it was spread mm. out enough? Like it was masked in force? Like this is more just a question of curiosity, but then also like you'd be a good interviewer. You're asking thank you. I appreciate questions. this. Yeah. Um, COVID at Universal. And this is also not compared to what we know is happening at Disney because we have not experienced Disney. Correct. This is just your Correct. This your is my take on how it was handled. Right. So I am vaccinated, so I'll stand I'll start by saying that. I I had no fear yeah. of what I was doing, but I was conscious of how crowded it was and right. where I was at. Um so it was crowded. I'll start off by saying that. It didn't feel like they were limiting capacity at all. Okay. People were piled up in lines waiting for whatever now in some rides some of the workers did say hey excuse me can you guys stand six feet apart and like they tried their best to space us out and there were some markings on the ground but other rides once the wait got to 45 60 minutes people just didn't care yeah you can't control that many people also every single ride we went on we were given a, squ- a squirt of hand sanitizer as we were getting on the ride. Dang. And They're keeping I- Purell in business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought my hand was going to dry out by the end. <laughs> we had so much sanitizer on it. But So Universal did a good job with that. But in the common walking areas, there was no sense of direction or order. Everybody was walking any direction. In the lines, there were some attempts to space people out, mm-hmm. and then everybody got sanitizer. Um, so that is my experience with it. It, I, I can't blame them. I mean, how do yeah, you? I mean, stop yeah, it's hard for sure and control them. Sure. But it felt almost like there was nothing going on. Yeah. Aside from the, a few spacing right. reminders, it it felt very yeah. normal. I'll yeah. say. And again, that wasn't like a jab to. Towards the universe, I just no, curi- no. out of curiosity. Yeah, it was a good question, and I'm happy to share and explain that to the rest of the group. It, it felt like that was, you know, not their top priority. Exactly. Got it. Now I do have more experience to share about my time at Disney Springs. Yeah, let's talk. Because and and you can t- jump in more about this at just knowing Disney Springs. So we ate at the Raglan Road. Delicious. We ate at the Edison. Never had it. And we ate at Chicken Guy. Love it. Chicken Guy. <laughs> As always, was phenomenal. <laughs> wow. Just absolutely amazing. I miss it. It was so good. Edison was a cool experience, but it's not something that I would race back to do again. Uh, I think pre-COVID, it would have been cooler with the aerial dancers. Right. And it turns into like this dance club at night. So that would have been a cooler thing to experience. But with it being COVID... Oh, one thing I wanted to mention oh. about Universal. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. It, I just thought it was... You're good. It closed at 7 p.m., like Both the parks? Park, one park closed at 6 p.m. The other park closed at 7 p.m. Huh? Which, and I get it might be from the COVID hours, but 7 p.m.? The sun's still up. The sun was up, and my grandparents aren't even tired at 7 p.m. <laughs> Why are you kicking people out at 7 p.m.? I get maybe you don't want to keep it open until 11 and yeah. you, you know close up by 9. Right. But 7 p.m.? That was like disrespectful. I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. dude, were you, were you forced out?" No, we weren't. We had dinner at seven, but our plan was to go to dinner at City Walk and then go back into the park, right, and experience Hogwarts at night. 
It clo- we got there, and it said it was closed at 7. <laughs> now, was that bad planning on our part? Yes, because we should have looked that up in advance. But very annoying that 7 p.m. is the deadline. Yeah, that's... So that was annoying. Wow. Okay, back to Disney Springs real quick. Um, Edison, very cool, very, very good food, and it had one performer, singer, just standing there singing songs, um, but would not go back right away. Just sure. was nothing like spectacular. Uh. Raglan Road, very fun. Had the dancers, had the singers. Food was amazing. Love it. It was just a great, great atmosphere as always. Uh, two other things I wanted to mention was Ghirardelli... Mm-hmm. had a virtual queue, which I kind of liked because you walked up, you got uh, scanned, yeah. and you got told when to come back. I kind of like that. Yeah, Ghirardelli wish... is uh, the chocolate place in yes, Disney Springs Yes, the ice cream well. chocolate place at Disney Springs. Do you think that virtual queues should be implemented more often? I love virtual queues. So I like virtual queues for bars, for restaurants, for stores, things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like a virtual queue for a ride. I know, like, so, well, no, I guess I shouldn't say that. I don't like the way that they've done virtual queues for Rise of the Resistance, Mm -hmm. where you have to be up by, like, 4 a.m., you get a boarding group, and something like that. Yeah. To me, just make a standby line. Every other ride in Disney works well with that. There's no need to do that. First come, first serve. Exactly. Early bird gets the worm. And if, but, there's almost like, you almost need to go back to, like, a paper fast pass system for... Um, for a ride that big. For a ride that big. Being like, hey, uh, yeah, you can get on. It's just not till later, but you don't have to be up at 6 a.m. to get your spot. That I don't like. But back to like a store aspect, I do like it. I think it, it, it limits it. Um, and it also allows you to not feel like forced so yep. to like stay around. So I, I do like them. I wouldn't I, mind if they stayed. I liked it as well. We, we logged in our time, and we were able to still walk around and yep, go check exactly. out other things, listen to music. And then I got the being on the on my phone and I said come back so yeah I do agree with stores very good um, the only other thing is that the world of Disney store I was not able to get in that line was w- ridiculously long really? so they are monitoring the crowd level in that store yeah. specifically and all the stores actually had Disney did a really good job of making sure that you could not go in if they were at the capacity listed for that good. store so they had people outside the doors you know lining people up yeah. and uh they did a good like, job. I feel like that store is like different just because it's like a Disney affiliate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people are like watching that store probably. Right. Like compared to like Under Armour, like no one's like, <laughs> no one's like going to yell at Under Armour, you know? Yeah. They might, but like <laughs> being that you're like the world of Disney, people are like, that's a Disney store. Like yep. that has to hold the same standards as everything else Disney's doing. So for sure. Makes sense there. So that will wrap up this episode. I just wanted to share my recent experiences down in Florida. Uh, yeah, appreciate at Universal it. specifically compared to what we know of Disney. Uh, talk about City Walk a little bit and then share about my little experiences at Disney Springs. Definitely. Um, so thank you for interviewing me. It kind of, of felt course, like an interview, thanks. <laughs> but uh, it was more informative for the other, for all our, for our audience. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for being on the show today. Appreciate <laughs> it. Special guest Ryan. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for stopping by uh, the podcast here. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see you guys next week. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Yep. And please At, leave a review. Hey, do some magic podcasts. Um, and as always, we will see you next episode.